entry-level podcast where we talk all things entry-level. I'm Lindsay Bernard and I'm here with my co-host Sarah Dudley and today we're going to tackle an issue that most people deal with on an everyday basis. Challenges with co-workers. Everyone has that one co-worker that you just can't seem to get on the same page with, argue with, and just basically coexist with. What are you supposed to do? What is the appropriate reaction? How do you deal with the fear of speaking to that person or even going to your boss? The answer? There is no easy answer. All right, Sarah. So there are a lot of different ways not getting along with a coworker can affect you. It can affect your job performance. It can affect your mental state. It can affect your overall happiness at your job. And as you've experienced, <laughs> it can cause a little bit of strain in your friendships. If you have a friend who constantly is venting to you about how mis- miserable this person's making them at work. So where do you want to start? Yeah, no, this is an interesting, relevant topic for sure. I mean, I think it only happens probably, I've only experienced this maybe like maybe twice in my career so far. And that's a good thing, right? You're hopefully the type of person where you get along with most people. I consider myself to be someone who gets along with most people. Even if it's just, we don't have much to talk about beyond work, then we're still good. But every once in a while, you come across someone who just like, you just don't click with. Either it's their personality, it's how they handle things. Maybe they don't turn work in on time, which impacts you in a negative way. Maybe it's they're just not collaborative. Maybe they have strong opinions about things that you just don't agree with and they feel the need to share them all the time. It can be any number of things, but I think the biggest challenge for me with dealing with someone who's difficult at work is that I am not good at confrontation. Mm. And I think if somebody's really bothering me, I let them continue to bother me until it gets to the point where I just like what the hell I've never like outwardly snapped at anybody at work but because I I just feel like I have enough emotional intelligence where I would not do that but like you said there's times where you come home and you vent about these same people over and over and over again and I think something that I need to learn how to be better at and I'm sure other people can relate is like how do you kind of deal with those situations before it gets to the point where it's actually impacting your daily life at work where you actually feel like angry when you're around this person or where you snap at them often or where you're complaining about them all the time. And I feel like I do this. I let it get to that point because I don't necessarily always know how to handle it in a better way. And so I'm trying to learn those skills because I think that's something that we need to know how to do whether no matter what generation you're in to like actually work with people no matter your differences. Yeah. I, this is a tough one. It's so hard. And it's the issue that I have with it is that I'm an individual contributor. I'm an account executive. I have a number of revenue tied to the company. But even though it's an individual contributor role, I have so many, there are so many people that I work with that I need to work with in order to be successful. It's in its account team. And when you have one engagement where you have 10 to 15 people that have to be involved to be successful and you have all those different personalities and you don't manage them and they come from different areas of the Mm -hmm. business... It is just constant struggle managing personalities and it's in a stressful situation. Yep. And so 
Everything when it's with when it's an intense time, you feel it. I feel it. You know, end of the quarter, or I work at an we work at a high level in my job, and when there's someone who is just caught, like I cannot coex, I cannot get on the same page with on on the engagement, on their style, on what what they're doing, and with what they're doing within the engagement, it is soul crushing to me and frustrates me to no end. And I've had Chuck when I was younger. The, a lot of these specialists were older than me. Even though I'm quote unquote the quarterback, I was afraid to say something and I would kind of let them walk all over me. As I've gotten older, I've gotten better. But as you can see, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had a situation when we were in Italy, you know, I wasn't even supposed to be working. Yep. And one of the guys is causing trouble. It really set me off and it like kind of ruined a, mo- a couple hours of the morning of the trip because then you're, you're emotionally hijacked for the day. And I feel like, I, I'm a venter, I'm a, and as you know, I'm a ranter, and sometimes I like that helps me, but oftentimes it really doesn't because you go back mm-hmm. to work and maybe it's good for a day, and maybe and then it goes something else happens and it bring it triggers you and it brings back all the other things that it's done and uh, it's hard, no easy way to get around it. Yeah, I think absolutely I agree with the emotional hijacking that just like strikes it right nail on the head I think when I've had to deal with these situations I've had to deal with them at I think actually three different levels I would say if there's probably three people I've come across in my career that I've really struggled with one was someone who was far superior to me which is really challenging when you don't get along because there's only so much you can do right we can talk about the tactics of how to like deal with these situations Mm -hmm. and then there was someone who is basically on this is my peer and you can deal with them in probably a more productive Mm -hmm. way. And then there was somebody that I would say was probably somebody who was more my junior and you deal with them in a different way too, maybe like more of a coaching situation. And so I think of the three that I have come across so far – Ultimately, actually, the one that's been most challenging for me is the peer-to-peer because I think when you can coach someone, you feel a little bit of sense of control over it. And when they're your executive or your superior, you almost are like, well, there's not much I can do about this. So I'm just going to get through the day-to-day. I probably don't have to interface with them too often. It's fine. And and just sorry to interrupt you, but that just make a quick point that saying people don't leave companies, they leave managers and they leave executives. And so I just want to add that because a lot of the time you don't speak back to your managers or your leadership, you just leave. So yep. Yep. No, that's a good point. And then, so I would say the peer to peer to me has been by far the most challenging because you're on the same level. So you don't necessarily want to come at them in like a condescending or defensive way because you work together every single day. You see them face-to-face all the time. You can't really avoid them very often. And and you don't want to cause disruption within your team by like being that person who can't get along with somebody else. And so I think for me, that has been the most challenging of the three. And, and I've tried to figure out ways to resolve the conflict because I for me it's just such a strange thing to have this weird conflict with somebody yeah it's awkward it's like yeah you you feel uncomfortable yeah 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 it's terrible and I don't take it personally because this person I think that I had the biggest struggle with they had conflicts with multiple people and so I tried to be like you know this is something that they're clearly they clearly have something going on and I try to put on the lens of like I don't want to assume they're just a jerk (laughs) like maybe they have something really crappy going on in their lives and this is just how they're putting it out in the world by just being really difficult and 
just demanding yeah. and rude, like just rude, rude yeah. honestly, it was the experience. And, and you don't know how to handle it because it's like you're at work. Why be professional? And it was someone who yeah. was an older enough. They were probably, you know, 15 years older than me at least. And it's like, you've been around a while. Like you should know how to handle yourself right. in this type of situation. So it was just really, that was a struggle for me, that yeah. that peer-to-peer like well, weird situation. But I think peer-to-peer is a really good example and where most of the conflict is as well because peer-to-peer means so many different types of people. Yeah. Because like you said, there's a big difference between starting out and being a new hire and then being an executive or a leadership. And then that whole middle ground, you all have different types of roles yep. and you all work together. You're all different ages. You all come in, but yet you have to like coexist with each other. And even though you all have different backgrounds and personalities and execute. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's, it's extremely, and when you, and you know it when you don't click with someone, you oh, know yeah. it in life, you know it in work, you know it at the gym, like, you know, it everywhere. <laughs> I know really instantly this, I'm like, oh, and I don't say it, but I'm like, oh, I have to be really careful. And one thing that I've tried to do, I need to do a better job, but sometimes, like you mentioned earlier, when I have conflict, I take it and I take it and I take it mm-hmm. and I don't flip out, but it eats me alive. Like it hurts me. And yeah. then, I, you know, and, or, and I, and I try to, and, and it bugs me more and I, it keeps me up even more at night than, than normal. And it gives me anxiety that I'm not doing my job well. And so I have to figure out personally a way to like, not let it affect me so much because it's, even if I would, so I've tried to even go to like, even go to that person and be like, look, I did that. You know, how mm-hmm. would you like me to do this to try to do better? And if it keeps happening and you feel like you're kind of being, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just being like beaten up on, I have to figure out a better way to not let it affect me as much in other aspects. Cause I, I, it, bo- it bothers me. Like, I don't like feeling being in a confrontation and feeling like I'm totally getting beaten up or yeah. someone kind of beating up on you. It's tough. Yeah. I think your whole point about not like taking it home with you kind of that it's huge because I do the same thing. If I'm having a conflict at work or in any area of my life, I carry it with me because I'm always trying to think of how can I handle this? I don't like, I don't like that feeling of having this conflict in my life or like whether it's somebody that I really care about or not, you know, I just like, I hate going to the office or something and knowing that there's this person that I'm, I have weird energy with. I'm like, how can I resolve this? You know, something, things that I've like, you can try the things they tell you to do, you know, try to build like a personal relationship with them, try to get to know them because you're not going to be a jerk to people you like most of the time. So I think there are tactics that you can try, but at the end of the day, I think you have to have the ability to kind of separate the two. I think especially when it's work colleagues that you're struggling with, I feel like these people, they are not going to go home and think about, oh, I was mean to Sarah today or rude or maybe they do. I don't know, but probably not if they continue the behavior. But I think it's a self-awareness thing too. I think for you not to be the person bringing in the negative energy every day, you know, sometimes I wonder like, do these people... If they're, if it's not just a you clashing with someone else for personal reasons thing, if it's, if it's actually someone yeah, who they're just. They're not your friend. That's the yeah, thing. Like, yeah. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Like they're not your friend. They don't even know you. Yeah. Yeah. And you just get that vibe. But yeah. I think for the people who, who are generally just really negative and just spew out like negativity all the time, I think it's, a, it's like a self-awareness thing. I, I try to be like, okay, I would never act like this because I'm like self-aware enough, emotionally intelligent enough to know that this is just not an appropriate way to be around people. Even if I have anger towards them or whatever, it's still work. And so I try to just be like, it's on them to 
deal with their issues and not be this way. So I don't need to take this home and think about it. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing I can do in this situation. And so I think that's one aspect that it's like a struggle with when you're working with people that, that are difficult. And, and the other thing, yeah, it's, it's hard to do that. I hate that. It's, it's, it bugs me. I'm like kind of going through one of them right now. So I'm like thinking about it, Mm -hmm. but I, I just feel like you spend so much time with these people and even though you are in a corporate setting, when you're around the same people and you're doing this and you're in the zone and these things are happening, it can really sidetrack you from doing the job you know that you should be doing too. Yeah. And and the other thing with that is at what point do you say something? And I struggle with that a lot. I you know those people in the office that tattle on everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can't like whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, an inside sales mm-hmm. they came in late, da da da. Now it's like, oh, they copied the wrong person on this email. This was rude. This was the wrong information. Yeah, yeah. You know, like taking little mistakes and raising them up. But when do you get to the point where you raise the issue? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And like, do you make people mad or your boss, is your yeah. boss going to be receptive? And I think it's a hard line to draw. Yeah. And it's like, do you have that one-on-one conversation with the person or do you take it directly to your boss? Like what, what is that line? I think it's always probably better to try to resolve it you with that person but I feel like there's also a point where that person maybe doesn't even recognize what they're doing and so maybe and I'm not always saying it's always that other person it obviously depends on the situation maybe it's you who who is the difficult person and someone's trying to like have that conversation with you I hope I've never been someone who's that difficult that someone has to have that conversation with me but I guess you never know but I think one of the things that is usually critical is that you just you never let yourself get to the point where you like blow up in the office at this yes, person. Yes, agree, agree. You well. like somehow, some way, you find a way to deal with it. Whether if it's if it's a superior, whether it means you leaving the company or leaving to a different division. I've done that before. I've worked with someone, an executive that I just for the life of me could not get along with, and I knew it from day one. It was just the wrong fit. We worked too closely together for it mm-hmm. to be something that I could avoid. And I was like, this this will not work. We just were way too different, way too different working styles. And it just was conflict from day one. And so I was like, you know what? I can remove myself from that situation. And so I did. And then with a situation with someone more junior, it was like, I can coach them. But at the end of the day... It's on them. There's only so much I can do. And so with like the more of the peer-to-peer thing, I think that's the scariest one. That's the one if you don't handle can A, like really affect your work and your work-life quality and is probably the quickest one for you to blow up at because you feel like you're equals and you have yeah. to be able to find a way to diffuse the situation before it gets to that level. So I have, a, I, have I work with direct engineers on a daily basis with, within the accounts. And there was one engineer I actually knew at my previous company, came on board, he wasn't my engineer last year they did a little reorg and he was going to be aligned to me and I was like oh I know him like you know this will be fine then I find out that he like wasn't enjoying like working with me and I'm like wait that never happens like usually you know I was kind of like wait he knows me and he liked me at the last company like why is he not liking me now and I was like really confused and so I talked to him about it because I actually did kind of know him and I'm like or you know I knew him prior and I go hey I kind of am getting the vibe or heard through the grapevine you're not really liking the way that I'm doing some things like what's going on and he was like well no I just like you don't copy me in all the emails and so I try to do stuff and I and I'm like 
oh my God, it's yeah. so easy for me to fix because I was always taught to copy as least amount of people as possible. But he likes to run his business where he likes to know everything that's going on in the account, even if it, if it isn't technical. And so that kind of taught me that like you should ask the person if you do have that conflict, I know sometimes, you know, you can be, I can be strong-willed and I usually am, but I've learned that you almost have to, I almost, even if I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong, I'm always kind of like, what can I do better? Because if yeah. I try to make a change and it still goes on, then I know that it's not me before I escalate it. And then if it keeps going, then you're like, okay, yeah. like to kind of, kind of to what you said. And sometimes it can just be better communication, but are those X factors where it just doesn't get better? Yeah. The receptiveness on both ends, I think is important. Like I think- for if somebody came to me and they were like, listen, you do this and it drives me crazy. I would be like, okay, is this a personal thing? Is it how I wear my hair? Or is yeah. it like an actual thing that I can fix? Like you said, like, oh, you don't copy me on emails or, oh, there was one example of like, oh, you guys, you have a meeting room scheduled and then you you change it on the fly all the time. Like, how am I supposed to keep up with this? I'm like, okay, that's a legitimate complaint that we can fix. Yeah. So you have to be receptive to things like that, even if you don't want to hear that you're not doing things the right way. But when it comes to that has to go both ways. So if I if I go to someone and I'm like, listen, I'm really struggling to work with you for these reasons. And they come at me and they're like, well, it's funny you say that because I act like this because you do these things. That's the conversation that you have to have. Yeah. And if you don't ever have it and the both of you are just infuriated with each other that's where it turns into like a nightmare, which can potentially, especially if you're early in your career and you don't know how to handle really these things, you. it can really sidetrack your, like at least in your company, if not in your career, depending on how bad badly you explode. But, and if it's a pattern for you, if you consistently come across situations where you're in conflict all the time, mm-hmm. that's obviously something that maybe you need to be like, all right, what can I do better? Why is it always me? So I, I don't, I, I just think the other thing that I think is hard too with conflict is sometimes when you work, actually when you have personal friends that you work with and that you have to work in a work setting, yep. I struggle with that too sometimes where you have to, sometimes you have to upset your friends for the, the for what you know is right for your job. And that, I think those are re- always really awkward when you, when you have to do that. And the other point I wanted to make was with that said is sometimes I look at people I work with and they just don't give a shit. They don't care. They, they care about their job, their mm-hmm. success. And, and by the way, as some of my managers say, you need, sometimes you need people like that. Mm-hmm. And especially in tech and in organizations that I work in, but I look at them and I'm like, I wish sometimes I didn't care, you know, but I do. And like, I, like I said earlier, being in a conflict with someone or having that awkwardness bugs me. And, and I look at some people and I'm like, how do you just like bulldog not care and not care at all. Yeah. I don't know how it happens. Like, how do you like, I mean, I can, I get like, I get things done. I, I can execute, but when it comes to just like bulldozing things, like I can't do it and it bugs me. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, like, like I don't know. Like I, I just, I think it's a tough balance. Yeah. I think that comment you made about people who, you know, they're there, they're clocking in nine to five, but they're just miserable and they don't care. And yeah, they get the job done because that's their job, but they're really just watching the clock and, and they just want to either retire or they just want you know, they're there and they're going to be miserable the whole damn time, but yeah. they're there and they're doing their job and that that to them is what's most important. Or they're just really just disillusioned with the company they're at and they want to leave and they're just 
waiting until they get that right offer. And so that comes across, you yeah. know, in and how in their attitude and how they and how they engage with the people around them, with their teams, with, you know, broader, you know, their leadership that comes across and that type of attitude I think is – I was having this conversation literally yesterday. It's just a dangerous attitude to have in your company. Like if you're a manager and you have a person who's just infusing what would normally be a really positive environment, like everyone's going to have their scuffs every every now and then. But right. if you're a solid team, like you can have that fight and just as quickly be laughing about totally. something else. I think it's the constant one though. It's the it's, constant. It's the, it's the constant. Yeah. It's like – you know, you get, you have like, you get the anxiety to go away and then something else happens like two days later and it brings you back. Like, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, it's very difficult. And I agree. I think the self-awareness is big and it's, it's some, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm not too proud to admit. I still have to get better at, you know, I dealing with it. Cause it does, it eats me, you know, it eats yeah, me alive and same. you tell people that don't necessarily care, but you have to get it off your chest so you can uh, go eat gelato in Italy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. Yeah. That actually happened. Um, <laughs> it did. But it yeah. Did. So I think, well, since we just brought up Italy, maybe I'll just pull an audible and uh, for our last segment and Sarah, why don't we uh, talk about some of the food and ice and uh, gelato uh, we had in Italy just really quickly. And we'll uh, keep this episode short. This is a great, great segment. Um, Wow, the food. Uh, So many things. I'll have to say, though, I'll talk about the lasagna situation. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So, you should post some of these to the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're going to Italy, right? And so, the number one thing that I was, that was on my food hit list was lasagna. I mean, it just every like our whole group we were with were obsessed with like finding. The we're like Garfield. I yeah. mean, we're basically Garfield. Yeah. Uh, so looking for a great lasagna. One night we decided to wing it for dinner, and and we hadn't winged it at any other point. And so we decided to wing it for dinner. We end up at some restaurant. I don't remember the name, but it doesn't matter anyway. And so we order two servings of lasagna and then two other dishes to split amongst the four oh, of that us. That was the first night. Was it yeah, the first? Yeah, it was like, that was like it was our like lazy. first we were like excited. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep, yep. And the <laughs> like lasagna that's... comes to the table. Oh, we got and two it, of them. We got two of them. So we couldn't even like discard one and, you know, <laughs> and it was bad. It was just bad. It was yes. bad. There was, there was no flavor. There was no taste. And it was like, we are in Italy right now, right? Like, <laughs> like I don't understand. I guess that's like when you come to America and you get like a bad cheeseburger. I don't know. But yeah. like. Um, but we rebounded though. So, so we were determined to the remainder of the trip to find lasagna that was <laughs> really good. And so the next night we got, we tried a lasagna and that was good. But I was like, you know, maybe best out of three got to make sure that this wasn't a fluke on either but, end you know, and then when we separated we actually got it again like, again <laughs> again yeah. so we got we got the third lasagna and it was also delicious i we actually have a video of me eating it just to be sure oh, we'll post that we'll post that and then uh and i would say the other interesting food thing that we tried was boar or yes that was dusty. like the random thing of that part of the country and we gave it a we were like why are there boars everywhere i I forget what that type of pasta is but the thicker skinny pasta no it wasn't um, fettuccine it was it was like falafel or yeah it was wider than that and then it had like this really rich sauce with like boar like it was with kind of boar shredded meat in it Mm, um it was really good but the gelato piece was really funny because we would we went all the time and we would get those you know because you can get them for a dollar in those little kitty cups and 
you walk 14 miles a day, so you kind of just stop in every... I mean, we did, anyway. Literally 14 miles. Oh, I was... Yeah, and I was going to say, but we would just stop in every gelato thing we That's would see. That's It kind of was fun because we got into a little competition of who could mix and match the best flavors. <laughs> but I will say, some of the best gelato was, like, the cheesecake one. Like, we had some good coffee Brahms, one. right? Oh, was that Brahms, the name of yeah. it? Oof. That was really good. And that was that in Rome? No, that, no, was, that was Florence. Florence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would say, like, one of my, one of my other... Uh, one of the other meals that we had, I would say the pizza there was really good. We had some good mm. pizzas, some good flatbreads. Um, and we went, so highly recommend this restaurant called Anita's uh, in oh. Florence. That was probably the best Italian food and the best restaurant experience I've ever had. It was, you walk in, it kind of looks like this old, kind of just like old building, old restaurant has like checkered, you know, checkered tablecloths and the big portions and low cost, but the like one option for house wine, hilarious waiters who like tease Americans and the food was just phenomenal. We wouldn't we get that truffle. It was like oh, truffle man. linguine with um, something in it. We had it with quarantine steak. And uh, I mean, we, oh, we got the, um, there was like a really good ravioli dish that we got. Um, gorgonzola ravioli with yeah. truffle. I mean, this, so if you go to Florence and meet us, and our friend Maddie gave us that recommendation, so shout out to her, but it was just phenomenal. Yeah, that was amazing. And speaking of difficult people, we won't tell the whole story, but we only encountered one difficult person in all of it. Oh, yeah. But we stuck, we, we held stuck true. We stuck by our values. You know, they we brought us. framed for like something on a bill that we didn't do. We they brought us, know. they brought, brought us, what was it, fried lamb and we asked for grilled. And yeah, then, was, and then, you know, and then you know, they tried to charge us for it. It and was shysty. And, and Sarah stood up for our freedoms abroad. So it was, um. It was good, but uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to post some of these pictures when this episode airs because the pictures of the lasagna will make you want to go get it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. And if you like, we always say, if you want to be on, reach out to us. We may be reaching out to you as well. And uh, we hope you stay with us. And we really appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Follow us on Instagram, Entry Level Podcast. <laughs> See you guys.